Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your girl, Sabrina, aka Curly Messy Bun, and I'm coming back at you. And I actually have a messy bun today. I mean, I kind of do all the time. <laughs> but um, I'm actually just straight out the shower because as I was going to sleep last night, I had this idea. And I can't remember what exactly triggered it, but I just remember being like, I have to write this down. I have to get these key points. And then, you know, the shower is kind of where you do a lot of thinking. So, um, I was thinking some more about it in there. I wish I could record my podcast in my shower. I mean, I've done it cooking. I'm, I'm going to figure that out and see if I can work something out. But for now, I'm here at my makeup vanity and I'm going to try to make it, make it through this episode without crying, but no promises. So... I feel like a lot of people know me, but nobody knows me. And um, even with the stories that I do share, I feel like people only see a layer and I'm always going to keep it that way. I never want to share everything about my life. But I've gotten a few like comments and they're like, you're not a role model. Why are you acting like this? You should be a role model. I'm not. I'm not a role model. I'm not anybody's mom. And even if I was, like, a role model is such a huge, like, position to fill, if you will. And um, I don't mind if anybody looks up to me, but I'm not trying to be anybody's role model. I'm trying to be, you know, this is going to sound super corny, trying to be this, like, super relatable 20-something that people are like, I'm not alone. Other people go through this. That's it. I'm kind of just a curly-haired chick just telling her stories from her bedroom. Naked, sometimes. (laughs) So, I'm going to share a little background on my life and why I say that I'm not a role model. But if you want to look up to me, I'm totally okay with that and it's actually really sweet. But I'm not trying to be anybody's role model. So, it all started. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, but seriously, it all started on a Wednesday, 1994, March 30th. I was born at 7.07 p.m. So my lucky number is actually 7 and 13, which is crazy. Friday the 13th is a really lucky day for me. That's neither here nor there. Maybe it's me being named Sabrina, like Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Anyways, <laughs> um, I started experiencing loss from a really young age. Um, I was only four when actually three, almost four, uh, when my great grandma passed, she passed in February of 98. Um, and I remember it and I know people were like, you were too young. You can't remember shit like that. My memory is actually pretty good for, um, things that I haven't suppressed and I have a lot of suppressed things, but it was 1998. It was in January. And we had to fly back to Ohio for this because we couldn't drive. Um, Too much snow, East Coast, lots of snow. And I remember when we took her body to the cemetery, we had to leave her there because the ground was frozen. And I cried and cried and cried as we were driving off because I was like, how can we leave her? We can't leave her by herself. My mom still tells everybody that story to this day. So, again, I've been experiencing loss since I was really little. Um, I'd like to think that I look like my great-grandmother because I don't really look like anybody in my family. But I'm too, like, 
not scared, but I don't really want to ask my dad for pictures because I feel like I'll get sad. So I started there when I was just three years old. <laughs> um, from there, I had a really privileged childhood. Um, I am from Montbello, which if you live in Colorado, you know where it is. If you're not, it's Denver, but in a different area. Um, I had a really nice house, nice big house on the corner. Um, it was a three bed, two and a half bath, two floors. There was a, the main floor, the basement, the basement to the basement, and then upstairs. So a lot of rooms and space and I, I had a very privileged life. Uh, both my parents made a good amount of money for back then. Uh, my sister and I wanted for nothing. It's just the two of us. I remember one time my sister wanted the movie Barbershop and that's right around the time that DVD players came out. Well, I don't know how old some of you guys are, but <laughs> DVD players, um, our Barbershop only came out on DVD. So my parents went out to surprise my sister one time. I don't even remember what it was for, but they went out to surprise her. So they went out to get Barbershop, found out that it only came on a DVD player. And at the time, you know, everybody had VHS. They bought her a DVD player. Okay. Me and my sister are about seven years apart. Since they were buying her a DVD player, they bought me a PlayStation because they didn't want me to feel left out. That's kind of how privileged we were. They could just do shit like that. Um... I was 10 when I experienced my next loss. <laughs> and that one still hurts. I was 10 years old. It was the summer of 2004. My sister was about to go into her senior year of high school. And I was going into, um, what is it, like fourth grade? So, I was on my way to summer camp. And my grandpa had been in the hospital. So I was on the phone with him and some of the last words that he ever spoke to me was that he would make it to, you know, my sister's graduation, my graduation, our weddings, all these things. And we used to go back to Ohio, which is where my dad's from, for two weeks every year, um, right around my dad's birthday, which is August 11th. My grandpa passed. Like, three weeks before we were supposed to go out there. So I get off the phone with him. I go into camp. I'm there for a couple hours, maybe. Next thing I know, my mom walks in to pick me up. And she won't talk to me. I'm like, something bad happened. She won't tell me. She won't tell me. So... We get to the house. My sister's crying. Um, him and my sister had a chance to get a little closer than we did because my sister's older. 
and um she used to go back there every summer like before I was born and things like that so she got to spend more time with him but I had a better connection with him that was the first time I ever saw my dad cry and one of the last the next day we left for Ohio he was buried on my mother's birthday which is July 20th <laughs> the next loss came 11 months later something like that not even a full year we lost my other grandfather who was also my best friend they both hurt this grandpa I got to see a lot more it was my mom's dad and my mom's family for the most part lives in Colorado with us um this man was my best friend you know they both were and I remember when I was little any time so we spoke to my grandparents back in Ohio every Sunday every Sunday and if Good Burger came on on a Tuesday my grandpa would call and say hey Good Burger's on and that was that was our movie um he's the man who taught me you know that my hair is my crown and he never wanted me to cut it so every time I want to cut it or do something to it I'm constantly like oh but he wouldn't want me to this is my crown he's also the man that taught me that men are supposed to walk on the side where the cars are when you're walking down the street my grandfather here he adored me the day he passed my I had a friend over my house and um my mom and I think my dad went with her I'm not positive my sister was already moved out by this time um but I was still really young obviously and my mom went over he was in hospice and for those that don't know hospice is when you know you have a nurse in a hospital bed in your home um my mom went to my grandma's house you know to wait for the coroner and all that but I refused I refused and that was it um I remember that day we went to I believe it was like lakeside some water park out here those two deaths hit me the hardest in the world whenever I do something or make a decision or need a sign I'm like please just please papa's tell me <laughs> I always wonder if they would be proud of who I am what I've done when something happens I'm like I know I let them down <laughs> On my dad's side, I'm the youngest of five grandchildren. There's only five of us. Three girls, two boys. On my mom's side, there's a shit ton of us because my mom has seven siblings. Um, I was the youngest until I was about eight. So, you know, I, I was the baby. So, after those, it's actually when I started to gain weight. And I was still little. And granted, I've always been like, not chunky but like I've always been thicker I don't know it's just my genetics and um it's kind of crazy so from there 
I have a lot of suppressed memories between that and like high school. Um, from there, the next thing that happened, um, I was in middle school. I was 13 and I was sexually assaulted. It's been over a decade and not a single soul in my family knows. What they do know is that's when I had my first suicide attempt and that's when I began cutting. That's also the time my sister found out that she was pregnant. My sister begged me to stop. So that my nephew would have his aunt. So I stopped. After that, people didn't know what happened. Um, I was ridiculed at school. And this is really what made me, you know, start cutting and things like that. I was called a hoe and a slut and all these different things. And, you know, I was 13. Regardless, like, I didn't want that. I had something taken from me that should have been special, you know. So, from there, I continuated all that. The summer between my 8th grade year and my ninth grade year, um, I met this guy. We were the same age. We are the same age. I won't say his name because he's pretty well known. However, um, I went to hang out with him at his house and I just thought, you know, I don't know. I was young. I was naive. Um, but I was a lot smaller back then too. Went to his house to hang out and he kept trying to force himself on me. And I'm like, no, absolutely not. Not going to happen. He literally picked me up after fighting me out of his room. And threw me out of his house. I took the bus home. I was bullied a lot. For all types of things. People called me fat when I wasn't. I was flat chested till I was almost 18. Um, I'm tall. Like you name it, it. It was there. Okay. I had... Multiple suicide attempts from the time I was 13 until I was about 21. And so that's eight years. Um, So the last one was about five years ago. And I won't say what I did, but the things that I put into my body, they left me in a state to where I was... You know, when you go get like your teeth pulled, like um, how you can still be kind of awake, but you can't open your eyes and you can't move. So my body, I could not physically move. Um, I felt like I was conscious, but I really wasn't. It's kind of hard to explain. um, But basically now, even five years later, I have involuntary jumps. Um, So, yeah. So... From that, and I'm going to go back a little bit because when I was with my ex, um, I was 17 and a little bit while I was 18. 
um, we got into a car accident like the week before Valentine's Day of 2012. And I'm not going to get into any details because people know who my ex is, my actual ex. Um, but basically what happened was the car spun off the highway. If we would have hit a second sooner, literally a second sooner, there was a truck carrying big, huge, heavy metal bars that would have come through my door because I was on the side of it. However, that accident left me with um, nerve damage in my spine. And so that was 2012. And I didn't find out about the nerve damage until like three or so years later. Could have been longer. Um, I don't think it was as progressive as a lot of people's. However, the reason I found out was because, um, well, first of all, I was diagnosed with premature arthritis when I was 13. I was playing volleyball and I quit volleyball because I thought that was the reason. However, it's not. So if you have arthritis, just keep doing it or it will get worse. Um, so I've had arthritis for about 13 going on 14 years. Excuse me. And, um, so when I got the nerve damage, I started to notice because the bottoms of my feet would go numb. Not that weird tingly, I can't feel it sensation, but if you were to poke my foot, I couldn't feel it. So we went to the doctor, they did some tests, they were literally poking my feet with needles and I could not feel it. Um, my hands were the same and um, so they wanted me to do some testing to get on some medications and I refused. So, um, it's honestly not as bad as it was, but yeah, fun fact. Um, that ended in 2012, last suicide attempt about five years ago. So a lot of people know if they've been listening to me for a while. Um, if you haven't, let me see if I can find the episode. I know it was sometime last year. It's with two dates in it, if you go searching for it. Um, my episode on March 7th, which is episode number 23, um, that explains my next two situations so um December of 2017 I was physically assaulted it is classified as domestic violence and this was in my own home um I won't go get into too many details you can go ahead and listen to episode 23 if you want to hear everything just keep in mind I am crying throughout the entire like 20 something minutes of the episode so basically, somebody that I trusted, somebody that I had been around for a while, decided to get violent in my home when I called the police. Um, after they showed up, I had bruises, I had scratches, I was breathing heavily, um, I was about to pass out. They threatened to arrest me. And I believe in the state of Colorado, they um, can really arrest anybody. However, he had nothing on him. He wasn't breathing heavy. He wasn't crying. I did not eat, sleep, or drink for days. I had a doctor's appointment the next day, and they could tell that something happened to me. And I'm, I had like a hoodie 
and sweats on so you couldn't physically see anything but they could just read it on my face and that was that was scary um I literally feel feared for my life anytime I would leave my house I would jump if I saw a car driving past me or if I felt like somebody was following me while I was driving um it was very different experience so from there in July of 2018, that's when I miscarried my, what would have been my first child. Um, I'm trying not to cry again. Um, it's crazy because one, I've been on birth control for a long time and people can say, oh, that's why, but I, um, have my doctor monitor things like that. What's even crazier is I've always wanted kids. I've always, always, always wanted kids. I cannot, like, see myself without one kid, at least, you know? So, for something like this to happen, I'm like, yo, what did I do? Like, am I that bad of a person? What did I do to deserve this, you know? Um, For a long time. Even still now. <laughs> even still now, sometimes, I'm like... What did I do? There's people who have kids that don't want them. Have kids that kill them, abuse them, neglect them. And it's just crazy to me. But it's all in the plan of my life, I guess. I get really offended when people ask me, so when are you going to have kids? Why don't you have any kids? Because my fucking body won't let me. I don't know. So don't ask anybody that because I think that's really rude. Um, Just because there are so many women who can't have kids. Um, or, you know, they're struggling to have kids. And Anyways. So that's in, in episode two. Um... Actually, when it happened, the person who would have been the father, I told him, and he was like, he didn't believe me. And looking back, it was probably like he was in a state of shock, but in that moment, what I had gone through by myself on the 4th of July, it was like, are you fucking kidding me? Why would I lie about this? You know, and I get it. People lie about shit like that all the time. But, whew, Lord. So that still hurts um so what I was saying about the birth control oh actually um I've always wanted kids I've always wanted at least one um I would like to have like six <laughs> but I would like to have at least one um but I've always thought like I've always had this fear in the back of my head like well what if I can't have kids? Like, I truly believe that I may not be able to have kids. And I know that's always a possibility. But like, this might be TMI for some people, but like my cervix is backwards. And um, when my doctor told me that, which I don't know how in my whole adult life I've been getting pap smears and nobody has ever told me this. But last year, my doctor asked me, he was like, do you have any kids? 
and I told him and um he was like well because your cervix is backwards there's an actual term for it that he used but then he explained it I just started crying because I was like this is it like this is him telling me I can't have kids but in fact um that doesn't mean you can't have kids I just still have this like weird feeling if you will but anyways um I'd be okay with adopting because there are kids who need homes and I was actually just thinking the other day like let's say I can have kids so I have one little girl right and then I'm like I don't want any more or maybe I can have more and I do have more but I would like to adopt at least one but then the thought also came up well if I can't have kids would I get a surrogate or would I adopt and at that point I realized that I would adopt I wouldn't pay somebody to carry a kid of mine if I can help somebody else's and I wish I could save all the kids in the world you know it's not realistic so that's that on that I think in my life I've just experienced things that people wouldn't think I have because I was this you know silver spoon fed little girl and you know people only told me that I was pretty because I was mixed and I had long hair and my hair was long as fuck growing up like it was past my ass like no cap um you know people have always hope has have always told me like you're never gonna do anything you're never gonna be anything but look at this people are listening to me listening to me tell my story to help others and um the reason I'm not a role model to me is because I'm not seeking to have anybody be like me you know because that'd be very weird I don't want anybody to go through the shit that I've gone through but also I just want people to understand like your life is okay Social media is going to tell you that your life should be a completely different way. And that's not facts, baby girl, baby boy, whoever. Your life is beautiful because it's your life. Now, what you choose to do with your mishaps and your mistakes, if you will, that's on you. See, I choose to not let the things that have happened to me affect the woman that I am today. And what I mean by that is. My ex, okay? That boy broke my heart. I have no hate towards him. I did for about a year. Um, again, I was 18 at the time, so it's kind of normal. Um, I have no ha- hate towards this man. I actually wish I knew where he was um, so I could have a friend. Like, that was my best friend. But thinking back on our relationship, I don't hate him. I'm not going to do the next guy wrong because of how he did me. I took that opportunity and said you know what what could I do to be better what can I do to make me better what can I do to enhance my life I take these things and although it may be hard for some things and sometimes you just never find it or maybe it comes five years down the road you have to find the silver lining and I know again I know it's hard I swear to god I know it's hard but I just take things that have happened to me and take them as a lesson see the way I see my trials tribulations and trauma is they I went through them so somebody else didn't have to I went through them because I needed to learn a lesson and although it may not be directly related to that situation that situation helped me get there 
You feel me? I wouldn't be the woman I am today without my ex breaking my heart. Without my grandpa's sitting on my left and right shoulder. Who knows who's the devil and who's the angel? I'm sorry, papas. One of y'all is one of y'all. Y'all could both be on the same shoulder though. That's okay. I wouldn't be the woman I am today without the things that I've gone through, without the things that have molded me. I'm like a little clay ball on one of those little spinny things. I wish I knew the name of them, but I don't. That somebody is molding and creating and making this beautiful thing so that when I am older, because I am still relatively young, I'm going to be this phenomenal woman. (laughs) I'm a phenomenal woman now, baby girl. (laughs) When I'm in my 30s and 40s and 50s, if I ever have kids, this is knowledge that I could pass on to my grandkids. You know, I don't ever want to be a life coach because a lot of them are like scam artists. It's crazy. I'm not paying you to tell me how I should live my life when I could just Google it or come to Curly Messy Bun. I'll tell you. No, but seriously, I'm not a role model because I don't want to be. I just simply want to give people the tools that I used and the things that I have learned. And I just want everybody to be great. I don't want anybody to copy me because that's weird. I don't want anybody to wish they were me. To me, um, I'm more of a spiritual guide, if you will. And I've told this story before, but when I was young, I used to always ask my mom, like, why do I have to go to school if I'm just going to die? I seriously thought I wasn't going to make it to, you know, past 18. And this was when I was little before these world traumas happened. And she's like, you just have to. And if you know me, I graduated in 2012, you know, the year the world was supposed to end, but it's probably next year. We think, uh, you know, anyways, that's not here nor there. But where was I going with this? Man, I don't know. Oh, shit. Fuck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. I don't know. (laughs) So my whole life, I never thought I would make it past 18 and now I'm 26. And that's just crazy. Um, I don't want to be anybody's role model. I simply believe that I was put here on this earth to suffer through COVID and everything else to help others. If I can touch one people, one people, Jesus, Sabrina, if I can touch one person, I'm good. If I can touch five, I'm great. But if I can touch hundreds, thousands, I feel like this is my life journey. This is my life's purpose. And that's why I'm still here. That's why my attempts never happened. That's why that bar in the car accident never went through the car. You get what I'm saying? So in any trial, tribulation, or triumph, trauma that you go through, take your time to heal. Cry. Cry in the shower. Cry. Write it out. Scream. Listen to music. Listen to music and clean. Those are really good for me. Um, do nothing. Have a day of doing nothing except stuffing your face if you want to. Watch Netflix. Get on TikTok because I'm funny. Follow me, Curly Messy Bun. But find the reason. I'm not saying, oh, I lost my baby because I wasn't ready. Although that may be true, I doubt that's the actual reason. And that's probably not the reason I'm going to tell myself because that's sad. Um, but I'm not a role model. I don't want to be. That's a big role. I'm like Cardi B. I don't want to be a role model. I never said I was. That's your job to parent your kids. You feel me? I hope nobody's kids are listening to me. Good God. I think everybody that listens to me is about 25 to 35. So I'm definitely not you guys' parents. 
I just want women, children, okay, not children specifically, but I'm just saying, I just want everybody, men into men included, because men go through the same things we do, kind of different level, but yeah, to understand that they're not alone. There's always somebody out there, whether they show you or tell you or not, that has gone through similar things. And that is why I'm here. So no, I'm not a role model. But you can look up to me if you'd like. Thanks for listening. If you stuck through this whole time, I love you so much. And I'll see you guys next time. I'm going to go make some zoodles.